Welcome to Why Not Me, the World podcast, hosted by Tony Mantor. Broadcasting from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee. Join us as our guests tell us their stories. Some will make you laugh, some will make you cry. Real life people who will inspire and show that you are not alone in this world. Hopefully, you gain more awareness, acceptance, and a better understanding for autism around the world. Hi, I'm Tony Mantor. Welcome to Why Not Me the World. Today's guest has so much information, there is no way that we will be able to get it in one episode. So I'd like to welcome Jenny Crawford. Thanks for coming on, Jenny. And if you would, give us a little of your background. Sure. Uh, My name is Jenny. I'm a co-founder of Autism Advocate Parenting Magazine. I'm a mom of five children. Uh, My 12-year-old, my oldest, is autistic, turning 13 soon. Um, And just so happy to be here and to share with you whenever I can. That will help you on your journey. Thanks. I really appreciate that. So you have a 12-year-old son. He's autistic. What age was he diagnosed? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, When he was little, I was a first-time mom, and I did not know that there was anything, I'm going to say wrong with him, but that's not the terminology I would use now, but that's what I would have used back then. And um, I had actually a couple individuals from my family, my mom and Uh, my sister and some others come and approach me and, you know, share with me that they thought that uh, Joseph needed to be tested and to see if he is meeting his milestones. You know, a lot of parents in the, that I hung around with just said, you know, boys develop late. It's okay. He'll come around. And that's just what I believe because I had never been a parent before. And so when they came and approached me, I took it very seriously Uh, At first, I was completely devastated. I felt like I was a failure as a mom. How could I not notice that he was in need? You know, how come am I just so focused on on work and other things that I'm not noticing um, my child's needs? And so I, you know, that day that they came to me, I dropped everything and called around, got them in all the wait lists um, to be evaluated and, and to see if there was something that we could do. Uh, to help him. So that was when he was about, I would say, turning three years old. What were some of the things that you saw in him that made you decide that you needed to see what was going on? Um, He had all of the traditional signs of autism. You know, he flapped his hands, he had delayed speaking, he'd turn in circles, stand on his tippy toes, constant meltdowns. But again, I was just, I didn't even see it. And I felt so ashamed um, for not seeing it. Uh, And so I got him evaluated uh, from a number of different places for cognitive function, for his speech. Like there were a lot of waiting lists for a lot of different skills on top of waiting for an autism diagnosis. And um, I remember back at the time, I didn't want him to have an autism diagnosis. I didn't want a label to be placed on him. Not that I was ashamed of the label, but I, I didn't want it to affect any part of his future. And so I remember going to everybody in silos, not telling each practitioner 
or the person evaluating the full story. And it wasn't until he was a little bit older, several years later, that I really realized that I did a disservice for him. And had I had that autism diagnosis and everybody was on the same page, uh, maybe we could get him you know, even more help than he was getting at that point. And so then I sought out an autism diagnosis from a child psychologist um, and went through the process. It's interesting you use the word ashamed. I've spoken with many mothers and they've gone through similar emotions. They've wondered if they did anything wrong. Did they drink anything, eat anything? Was the environment they were in caused their son or daughter to be autistic? Of course, that wasn't the problem. That wasn't the issue at all. But did you go through any of those similar situations where you felt that emotional stress? Um, actually, I didn't. I've learned a lot now through the magazine and different research, different things that you know can affect um, autism. But I never questioned that of myself. I more so questioned um, my lack of realizing something was going on for a number of years and just thinking it was typical um, development. You also mentioned that you was hoping that he wouldn't be diagnosed autistic. I was speaking with a father the other day, and when his son was diagnosed, they felt a complete relief that he was autistic because it took the weight off their shoulders that they weren't bad parents. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like a lot of parents do feel that relief. Um, And with myself, it's like I knew he had or he was autistic. I just didn't want the label because I thought that he would be judged. He'd lack um, certain opportunities. And I thought myself as a mom, let me try to work my best um, with him as best as possible and and help see him through his challenges. Uh, but I, I really did come to the determination later. No, he needs that autism diagnosis so that he can, he can get the proper support from all the different teams on the same page. That makes so much sense. Does he or did he have meltdowns during his younger years? And if he did, has he gotten better with them? Has he grown out of it? How's he doing now on that front? Oh, wow. So when he was little, he used to go into a turtle shell and he would cover his head and and go under the desk at school and and try to hide uh, when he was really, really little, around two years old, three years old. We were at like an early year center and we were playing with other kids and toys. He wasn't, he was always by himself playing. And if anybody had Thomas the train, he would be stealing Thomas the train and he would be melting down because nobody else could play with that toy. So we really struggled with that for quite a while. And he has grown out of it. He still gets frustrated. Um, And I don't want to say he's grown out of it. We've worked really hard to help him with that challenge and to work with, you know, a number of different people, including myself, um, to help him with all of his different challenges. Well, as parents, that's what we have to do. We have to work with our kids to help them develop, grow, get through their challenges and learn life. With autism as a factor, it makes it a little more difficult. But needless to say, we don't give up on them. We keep working. He's my life. He's everything to me. In fact, when I found out that he was autistic, although I didn't get him the diagnosis right away, I quit my job. I quit everything. And I stayed at home with my son and I would play with him for six to eight hours a day on the floor every day, helping him to make connections, helping him 
um, through the challenges he was going through. And I would have to say that was the best time I've ever spent in my life. I cherish those moments so much. They were hard, uh, but they were worth it. And I feel like if you put in, you either put in the work now or you put in the work later. And so I put in the work very, very early on, even without the diagnosis, I took it upon myself to say, you know what, I'm going to get him the help individually from all these different practitioners, but I'm going to watch what they're doing. And I'm going to go mimic that and do that at home because I don't think, you know, an hour of therapy here or there is really going to help unless I'm consistent in the home. And so I took it upon myself to do that for him. Well, that's very impressive and inspirational for anyone listening because you have to put your kids first and sometimes that requires a certain amount of sacrifice. And sacrifice is not always easy. So now that he's getting older, how would you describe him? Is he more of an introvert or an extrovert? How does he get along with people? Uh, he's a combination. He has several friends that are close friends that you know he likes to play with. Um, it's funny because he was an extrovert a little bit, you know, I would say around eight to nine years old, he'd go up and randomly start talking to another kid at the playground and telling him all the million facts about Pokemon that he knew. And so we really had to work on, you know, how to initiate conversation and listen to the other person and how, and responding and, and all of that. And no, he's doing really, really well. I'm just super happy. He's super happy in, you know, overcoming his challenges too. Like he was a very selective eater. All he ate was anything fried, bread, chicken nuggets, like tons of ketchup. And here he is eating more variety than my husband and I. He's like raw sushi, everything. So, you know, he still has his challenges, but he's overcome quite a few of the challenges. Um, and I, I attribute that to the professionals that we worked with and also us working very hard as parents with him individually. Well, your hard work is creating a success story, and that's what people need to hear. So as he grows older, what do you see for him? Will he be able to transition into the workforce? What's your vision and where do you think that he can go? Something I think about all the time, I'm somebody that always thinks about the future, what's going to happen, how can I best prepare him? And, you know, that is one of the reasons why we started Autism Advocate Parenting Magazine is to get the best advice so that we could implement it um, with our own kids. And so um, with Joseph, um, I already have him in coding classes. Um, you know, he loves martial arts. Um we put him in leadership classes so that he learns how to be an instructor because he thinks he wants to be an instructor one day. Maybe he'll own his own dojo. Who knows? Um, just trying to look at all of his different interests and nurture them as much as possible and think about what the potential career path could be. And I think probably the reason why I think about that is I used to be an HR manager, a human resource manager for 10 years. So I've always been interested in, um, jobs and careers and things like that. So of course that's on the forefront of my mind for him. We also work on life skills every single week. He's learning some new life skill, whether it's cleaning of some sort or cooking or um, executive functioning skills, whatever it is. That's great. So what's his school system look like? Did he go into private school, public school? What, um, how did you approach that? Yeah, so he did private school when he was first um, going to start kindergarten. 
Um, I put him in private school because I wanted him to be in a class with seven kids versus 30. And, and I worked really hard for that, even though I was jobless at the time. Um, my baby, I actually babysat other people's kids so I could, you know, be able to afford to put him in at one point. And um, he really thrived at that school. Uh, we did take him out before the pandemic and decided to homeschool him for a couple of years. Uh, which was great. And then uh, we put him back into school for about um, four months, but we found that sadly he wasn't learning anything. And the school almost gave him a pass for being autistic and not expecting anything of him and letting him not complete assignments or, or not work on, you know, the, the same work as the other kids, even though he was in a class with other neurotypical peers. And um, and so I pulled him and we homeschool again. And I have, so I partially homeschool and then I have a private teacher that comes and teaches him. The education system, unfortunately, did not work for him as you'd planned. Now that you've taken control of that, what challenges are you giving him? How's he responding to that? And what do you think his future is with his education? And what is he like? The private teacher that he's working with right now, he's already um, doing algebra, for example, high school level. So we we try to work at where his strengths are. You know, he was really behind in language arts. Um, so we're trying to catch him up, um, but he's advanced in math. So we take it further that way. Um, and then we've got all the other fun subjects that he loves, science, history, loves history. And um and I do all the fun subjects while the teacher does the math and language arts. <laughs> so. Well, I don't blame you there. I think I would do the same thing. So I have a lot of people that tell me that their autistic son or daughter focus on some things and they are intense on what they focus on. Is your son like that where he gets very intense and focused on certain things? Absolutely, especially with history and anything he learns uh, with history he can just retell it to you um, really, really well. He, For a period of time, he was really into sharks, so he knew a lot of facts about sharks. And 100%, he knows everything about Pokemon, probably every single card, what value they are, all those different things. I don't know anything about Pokemon, but luckily I have a husband that does and can support him in that interest. <laughs> now a lot use computers and like that. Does he like computers as well? Yeah, so he's pretty good with computers. Um, we did have him in the uh, coding classes, but um, they were going a little bit too fast for him. So interesting enough, my daughter, who's younger than him, she's 10 years old, she was doing the coding classes too. And so now she spends uh, one night a week and she will reteach that class to my son and he'll get it easy. Um, and it's really, really nice to see them, his siblings support him. It's always great to see siblings getting along. Now, you told me that you co-founded the magazine partially because of him. So how has that worked out in what your plans were? To me, it's really important to have knowledge about all the different areas of autism and how I can best support my son. I'm not trying to change him with his autism, but I'm trying to help him overcome his challenges so that he has the best success in life. 
And so I wanted to find out what the top doctors, researchers, and professionals in the field of autism had to share from all over the world. And it's not like I had the funds or the ability to go flying from country to country and and chat with these doctors or have all of these appointments. And so um, I got together with another individual and some other parents, and we decided the best way to bring that information to ourselves as parents um, was to start a magazine. There wasn't another magazine that kind of fit our needs of accessing the top caliber out there. Um, like, and, and when I say that, I mean, you know, who is the top doctor or doctors in genetics in the field of autism? Who is the top doctors in, in all these different areas? And what do they have to share with us as parents? What can we learn from that? Such a great idea. The more knowledge we can get, the more you can put out there, the more people can hopefully understand what's going on. And it's just a win-win for everyone. I think that's a, a great thing that you started this magazine because it's helping so many people. I read the magazine along with every other parent every month. I'm not an expert. I read it and I see what resonates and I go ahead and take that information and take action on it. I don't implement everything I read in the magazine. I read it all so I have the knowledge and then I'll pick and choose what I think um, would best support my son. Um, I think Dr. Tom O'Brien said it best when he said, if you just take one hour to week, one hour a week to learn about a different area of autism, before you know it, you'll be an expert in many areas of autism. And I wanted to know what the research and the top doctors had to say. Um, and I stayed true to it. So how long has it been out there now? And since October 2020 is when we started. It was the first issue. That's awesome. How has it grown over the years? Yeah, it's great. We have an Instagram following of about 30,000. It's growing every day. We get about 600,000 views a month um, on our various posts and reels on Instagram. Uh, we get a lot of website views as well. So it's growing pretty well. We're really pleased with it um, because it's nice to see that other parents are wanting to access that information too. I'd have to say the magazine is really for the uh, engaged parent that really wants to take action on the information. That's awesome. It must make you feel really good about how it's going. Yeah, it does make me feel good because it's nice to help and, and serve other people. A lot of the parents at the magazine just volunteer their time just to access the information. The subscriptions really go to pay all the talent we couldn't find for free. Graphic designers, editors, things like that. What do you see happening with the magazine in the future? I think it's great what you're doing. Do you have anything you're planning on maybe expanding into? Yeah, we're working on a project right now. Uh, we've got three different subscription types, a monthly, an annual, and a premium subscription. And we're actually starting on transitioning our premium subscription to a full autism resource library. So we have an article directory in there with over 500 plus articles from top experts, as well as printable resources, stories of hope, inspiration, social stories, lots of different things. Um, all grouped by topic. Uh, and I really like that because when you're struggling with something, you just want to go to, you know, what do all the top experts have to say about self-interest behaviors? My kid is banging their head against the wall. You know, I need to be able to support them. Uh, what we're going to have in the Autism Resource Library is a directory of the top experts within each area so that people can access them and, and you know, reach out to them for support based on the area that they need. Um, and we're looking at a couple other cool things up our sleeve that we're going to be putting in that that library. We really want to have a robust library so parents can go to 
um, it and access things at, at any given time with any challenges that they're having with their kiddos. I think one of the biggest things, in my, at least in my opinion, is the new parents that are facing autism for the first time. They are just so overwhelmed, don't know what to do. And this magazine, I think, probably has and addresses that in such a way that, that it can help them and guide them. And I really think that that's a great thing, what you're doing to help people. Yeah, that's very true. We do have a category new to autism, um, and we are going to have kind of guidance on, on new parents, helping them to access, you know, what are your child's challenges? You know, the, these are the steps that you should be taking or the people that you should likely reach out to. And, but I hear you on that. That's, it's a game changer when you have your first child uh, on the spectrum to know where to go and how to, where to turn. It's hard. Yeah, it sure is. I've talked with people here in the U.S. I've talked with people in Canada, the U.K., South Africa. I've talked with people all over the world, and, and it's a common thread. People just don't know what to do. And this is a worldwide problem in, you know, first world countries. and third world countries, it's a whole different ballgame, autism. It's, it's very sad what they don't have access to to support their kids. In fact, we partner with about four autism organizations in Africa where we just supply the magazine for free to those organizations and families so that they can take some of that information and start acting on it as parents. And what's interesting is, um, you know, they don't have access to anything, but they do have access to a smartphone so they can read the magazines digitally. You know, it works out. Um, but my heart goes out to them because they're in a, a worse position than us in Canada and the U.S. or U.K., Australia, and so forth. Yes, unfortunately, that's true. They uh, need our help and our guidance as much as possible. What are some of the things that you tell people when they first approach you on what they need to do? So first step is they need to get an autism diagnosis for their child so that they can see the different areas that their child also struggles with, which will be within that diagnosis. Um, and can start leading to support, whether it's they, you know, have challenges with speech and need speech therapy, um, or if they have feeding issues and need feeding therapy, whatever it may be. And then what my biggest suggestion is really just start learning about different areas of autism. Just spend one hour a week reading as much as you can about a different area. And like Tom O'Brien said, before you know it, you'll be an expert in many areas and you'll you'll start to learn really quickly uh, what supports are available out there and um, you know what you think your your child needs. You have great intuition as a parent as well. Um, I think you know you know your child best um, and you know the areas that they struggle with and where they need support. You just need to know what are the types of professions, what are the types of therapies and supports that are available. Um, to my child for these different issues? Um, and which do I want to select as a parent for them to have? That's great information. I'm sure that this will help a lot of people. I know when you're first diagnosing your child as autistic, that's very tough and you don't know what to expect. You don't know what to do. And I've heard also from different people talking that it can cause stress on marriages. It's just uh, overwhelming at times. So I'm glad that people are like you are out there to help. After my son was diagnosed, um, we realized my husband um, was autistic as well. So that's been a whole journey itself um, in learning that. And, and it's really nice to see my, my husband identify with my son. And my marriage makes a whole bunch more sense now, too, <laughs> now that I know. 
So how long ago was it that he was diagnosed autistic? So my husband hasn't gotten diagnosed yet, um, but it's interesting when my son was little, um, my in-laws would say, oh, it's okay. He's just like his father when he was little. And, you know, there's alarm bells going off in, in my head. And there's a lot of things that, you know, especially with, you know, a husband that's autistic and you're neurotypical and you have no idea, you bet heads about and so, you know, he has a lot of very specific hobbies, um, very intense hobbies, and, you know, can't ever read between the lines. He's an engineer as well. So, um, you know, very methodical um, thinking, but doesn't socially read between the lines and things like that. And so it's been interesting through the process, understanding. And I remember having that chat with my husband um, the first time where, you know, we kind of sat down and said, hey... Uh, you know, Joseph's gone through this diagnosis, there seems to be like a lot of similarities. And I remember it being really hard um, on him having that conversation. Um, but then coming to the realization that it makes sense. Now, back in his time, they didn't diagnose autistic kids. Yes, that's very prevalent back then. I've talked with so many people that got diagnosed later in life, because they just knew there was something wasn't quite right. But yet there was no diagnosis. People just thought they were acting up and it just wasn't so. They were just coping in their own way that they knew how to. Yeah, yeah it's it's sad. And we thought about getting him his diagnosis only for one reason. Um, and that is to have it on paper so that Joseph knows his father is autistic. When you can't relate to mom or, or someone else, you know you can relate to, to dad. And um, it, it's clear as day that my husband's autistic if I went through kind of the list of things. However, my son did um, say to me, it was probably a couple months ago in the car, he said, oh, you wouldn't know what I'm going through. You know, I, I'm autistic and you don't know anything about that. And I say, hey, dad knows dad. Dad's autistic himself. So you can talk to him about, you know, these feelings that you're having. Um and he said, well, dad doesn't have an official di autism diagnosis. And I remember going home that night and saying to my husband, okay, like, it's not that you need this diagnosis to go get, you know, any kind of supports or, or things like that, but we should probably go through the process so that it can be documented. Hey, you know, I do have autism and, you know, relate to our son. So we'll do anything for our son. And you know, we already know he's autistic, so why not relate to him further so that he knows he always has a parent that he can relate to in, in his circumstances? I think that's just outstanding that he'd be willing to do that because that is a definite connection with his son. And later in life, it will be just such a huge thing that they can share and kind of talk about if they need to. So I just applaud him for that. Yeah. And it just makes sense. You know, when he was a kid, he used to get in trouble all the time and have to write sentences, almost like on a chalkboard, but then he'd be in the gifted class for computers. So, um, you know, have the same kind of reactions that our, our son had when he was little. So that was very eye-opening, I think, for us and for our marriage and for our son and it really helped us to see things in a different light. Yeah. It's just great how small things like that can change your whole perspective. Just the little thing that your son said about not understanding and now the father getting diagnosed to make that connection. I think that it's just 
great for the family, and it shows that you're doing the right thing for them. I just think that's just awesome. It's interesting, through the magazine, uh, one of the doctors just wrote an article recently on therapy for neurodiverse couples, and so I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of anything that will help a couple or a family. It's uh, not only interesting, but very, very good for everybody involved. I, I think our maybe any of our issues that we had um, early on in our marriage have been ironed out now that I have a different perspective of where he's coming from and, and how he's thinking and, and all of that. But, you know, it can't help to get further therapy and support. So I thought that was really interesting to read and thinking, okay, well, maybe that's a step that I'll go to next and you know, help make our marriage even stronger than it is now. That's just fantastic. I've had the opportunity to speak with couples. Unfortunately, some of them have had to go through divorce and others found ways to work things out. And it did. It made their marriage stronger. So kudos to you for that. The divorce rate is huge for couples that have an autistic kid. I think it's I think it's something around 80 percent. I can't remember. Well, that's huge numbers. It's very unfortunate. And I will say when my son was diagnosed, um, so my husband, uh, he didn't want to believe it. <laughs> and here he is autistic, but he didn't want to believe that our son was autistic. And it was a really hard time. It almost separated us for a bit, not separated us in marriage, but, you know, our views on it. Um, you know, I was in pain and hurting and all by myself. And he was like ignoring anything that was going on on the other side. Now, he's an amazing husband. He's totally come around. Um, we really realized that, you know, in that challenge, it sort of divided us. But since then, all of our challenges as a couple have brought us together through that learning process of how we handled, you know, our first big challenge as a married couple, our first child being autistic. I'm so glad that you made it through that challenge, just because, as you're saying, so many people don't. With that said, this has been great, great conversation, great topics. We've covered so many things, and there's so many things we didn't even touch upon that you could have talked about because of your magazine. So once again, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. And yeah, I'm excited to listen to your podcast episodes and, and start subscribing. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. And don't forget, make sure that you go to Autism Advocate Parenting Magazine and keep up with all that they're doing. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to our show today. We hope that you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. If you know anyone that would like to tell us their story, send them to TonyMantor.com, contact, then they can give us their information so one day they may be a guest on our show. One more thing we ask, tell everyone everywhere about Why Not Me, The World, the conversations we're having, and the inspiration our guests give to everyone, everywhere, that you are not alone in this world.